0: rough greens if you're a dog owner you want to give them the very best i want uno to live a happy and healthy life He is starting to slide on the on the floors which happens when their hips start to go and i'm like no 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 um i hope that's not what i'm seeing um but uh I, I want to make sure he lives as happy and healthy as long as he possibly can. That's why we feed him Rough Greens, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get a free bag right now. Just ship the, have it shipped. You pay for the shipping and, uh, and just make sure your dog loves it. If they do as much as Uno does, then, then just order the full bag and start putting it on his dog food every single day or her dog food and you'll see a difference you really will 833 glenn 33 833 glenn 33 or roughgreens.com America welcome to the Glenn Beck program today I've got some really good news for you I started out if you missed it listen to the podcast today really important a new university is starting and I mean an incredible university and its intent is to reestablish classical liberal values where you've got people on both sides debating things and it's not all about politics it's about the pursuit of truth The keeper of the keys to the gate of sex success and intellectual uh, uh, superiority and keys to the gates of jobs have been the universities and their keys are about to be taken away. The media, the keeper of the keys to the gateway of truth and understanding of what's really going on, they're about to have their keys taken away. Fauci he is the gatekeeper and has the keys to science i can unlock arguing with me is arguing with science it's about to have his keys taken away the fbi the keeper of justice well they're about to have their keys taken away and i'm going to show you how there's there are three stories out right now that uh do not look good for the fbi and the uh elites in justice the steel dossier the Rittenhouse trial, and then Biden's daughter's diary. It's really going on with the Department of Justice and the FBI. We have Andrew McCarthy with us, contributing editor of the National Review, senior fellow, also former chief assistant US attorney. This guy knows the justice system and we're gonna get down to the bottom of those three stories this hour in 60 seconds. Slam Beck program. Uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a great poem by Rudyard Kipling I have I have told you about many times called "The Gods of the Copybook Headings," and it explains where we are and what we're going through. And he wrote it around 1919, 1920. Um, and there is a, a line that the gods of the copybook headings limped up to explain it once more that two and two do equal four, and mm-hmm. it goes on. But basically, it's it's saying that You know, there's there is a time when the world has gone so insane that they don't even teach facts anymore. Mathematic facts. We've been there. We're doing it right now. You can't even you can't say there are only two sexes, male and female, two genders. No, no, no. Can't. Well, two and two do equal four. So with all of this stuff. What are we going to what's going to happen? I don't know. (laughs) You know, the poem says with terror and slaughter, they return those truths, but it doesn't have to be that way. If we don't go over the cliff with the rest of humanity, we have got to teach our children true history, true facts, true science. Right now, you are the one standing between your kid and those who want to take your kid off track. Uh, The Tuttle Twins books are there to help you. Um, You can learn your kids. You can teach your kids how the markets work, the nature of our God-given freedoms, why a republic is good, how governments go bad. And it's all in an entertaining way. And they're all based on books like the um, Road to Serfdom or the Republic or Leviathan. Things that, you know, gosh, I'd like to say I've read all of them, but I haven't uh, because they just make my head hurt. But. You really need to read them. This is a way to teach them to your kids in a really entertaining way. Tuttle Twins, having a great sale, 35% discount off their books. Plus, they're giving away the activity workbooks at no additional cost. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Andy McCarthy is uh, with us, a friend of the program. How are you, Andy? I'm doing great, Glenn. How are you? I am good. So... I am I am seeing a collision course here of arrogance and lies uh, coming up right up against the truth. And I'd like to get your opinion on on these three stories and tell me what's really happening. And can we start with the Rittenhouse trial? Sure. Okay. I want to play you some testimony from the Rittenhouse trial that came out yesterday. Uh, Here it is. Got four, Right. Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him that he fired. Right. Correct. OK, so this is the prosecutor's case, the prosecutor's case. Um, and this is, I think, the third witness that has shown that there he this was clearly self-defense you know one one was like he only shot when the other guy lunged for his his uh rifle uh you know this guy was pointing a gun at at kyle rittenhouse and that's when he shot him uh, i've never seen the prosecution put people on that should be for the defense ever before in my life have you
1: not to this Degree, And I think, Glenn, you know, there's two alarming things that are going on here, which ought to upset people. One is, there's obviously a divide that makes that should make you busy between what goes on in today's prosecutor's offices, where social justice is as important as constitutional justice in determining who gets charged and with what. Because this is a case, I think, where the prosecution was clearly driven by the mob to bring a charge that shouldn't have been brought. And then the disconnect is in the four corners of a trial, if the judge is doing his job and applying the law, then constitutional law still applies. So when you, try, when you take a case that should never have been a case in the first place, it's one thing to say a bunch of stuff about it in the media. It's quite another thing to bring it into court. And as you're seeing what happens in court where they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the person they charged with murder committed murder. The case is collapsing.
0: Collapsing in a spectacular fashion. I mean, I'm hearing the testimony, you know, the the prosecution, when that guy said that yesterday, he just put his head in his hands. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was a moment of incredible defeat. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I just feel like I know it won't happen, but i just feel like the judge should be saying, what the hell is this even in my courtroom for? It,
1: that's uh, Hopefully that's the question he'll ask at the end of the prosecutor's presentation. Once they've decided to go forward with the trial, I guess they have to let the prosecutors try to make their case or at least finish their presentation. But there is a, a point of law in a trial where the defense gets to move for dismissal of the case before they have to put on any evidence or... Uh decide whether to do anything, and so hopefully the the case will
0: end then do you think it will do you think do you think that will happen?
1: I think that there is at least one misdemeanor charge um which involves and this is a vague charge that the judge may throw out for legal reasons, but if he allows that to survive, there's an argument that the jury should resolve whether Rittenhouse is guilty of possessing a gun illegally because he was under 18 under the statute but it's the statute is very clumsily written it's not clear it applies to him but Uh. that's the only charge that i can see so far that you could make an argument that the you know maybe the jury should resolve that but the murder counts they should go
0: so what does this tell you about keith ellison who took and ratcheted the charges up to murder
1: well, you, know, you have to look at the murder statute uh, that is involved. You're talking about Ellison. Um, Keith
0: Ellison, the attorney general.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think, for Isn't example, it? when you looked at the, um, he was the attorney general in the Chauvin trial. In
0: yeah. Was always, am I talking about a different case? Yeah. That, no, that's Minnesota. So who was yeah. the, pro, who was the, it was the lead prosecutor or the somebody above the team uh, came in and said, ratchet it up. And I I was thinking it was Keith Ellison, but I was in the wrong state.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a good argument that Ellison did that too, but um, the, the, uh, I don't know what the name of the prosecutor is, but the phenomenon you're talking about certainly happened, which is that the mob pushed for these charges. And the thing is, Justice in a courtroom is not a morality play. You know, you may look at the world and decide that we have uh, endemic racism, and you may decide that there's a lot of things that are bad that are unrelated to murder, like, you know, a 17-year-old kid shouldn't have been out on the street in a melee like that. Um, you you can have all those views. But in a courtroom, the issue is the charges that you bring Can the prosecutors prove the elements of those charges beyond a reasonable doubt? And all the noise is supposed to be tuned out while we decide those very important questions. Prosecutors are supposed to analyze those questions objectively and dispassionately before they bring charges. But what you're seeing is that political pressure is being brought to bear on the prosecutors to bring the charges. And look, sometimes they get away with it in court. I think there's a lot of things that happened uh, in the... Chauvin trial that we yeah. just alluded to that were very disturbing and that case may be held up on appeal but he's got a lot of uh, arguments to make about due
0: process all right um I'm going to take a quick break first of all is, this is a federal prosecution because it's murder charges state. state state so can the feds come in after this if this is dismissed and recharge him I don't see
1: any evidence of a civil rights violation, Glenn. But that would have to be their that would have to be their basis for coming in. I don't see it.
0: Uh, it hasn't stopped them. Um, all right. Okay, Andy, hang on just a second because I, I want to switch gears and go to the Durham investigation because this looks like there might be something real happening uh, on this. We'll come back with uh, Andy McCarthy in just a second. First, LifeLock. These days, surveillance apps known as stalkerware can collect information from you while avoiding detection by pretending to be something else. Stalkerware just sits silently in the background, just collecting data, doing things, recording calls, recording the keystrokes, stealing your photos, sending the information it gathers to whoever is spying on you. I thought it was only the FBI, but no, no, cyber criminals are doing that as well. LifeLock will help detect a wide range of identity threats, and they'll send you an alert. Plus, you have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. So don't worry about this. Get the people who can help you the best out there. I, I think these guys are the best. They, I think they actually invented this category years ago before anybody was thinking about it. Um, and it's they've, they're they now owned by Norton. so that's the best in software protection as well. These guys know what they're doing. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code Beck, 800 lifelock, 800 lifelock or lifelock.com. Use the promo code back save 25%, 10 seconds station ID. Andy McCarthy is a former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. He was the guy who led the uh, prosecution in 1995 uh, on the first World Trade Center bombing uh, and the planning of a series of attacks on uh, New York City landmarks. Uh, He has also uh, been uh, a contributor to the prosecutions on many, many terrorists. He resigned from the Justice Department in 2003. Um, And is a is a trusted uh, uh, friend and and guide here on some of these things. Um, Andy, let's let's go to the Durham case. I had given up hope that anything was going to happen. Now I'm not so sure. Can you tell me what you know about uh, what the um, what the indictments mean and where you think they're headed?
1: Glenn, it looks like the the two indictments that have been filed in the last six weeks, one against the Clinton campaign's lawyer, uh, Michael Sussman, or one of the lawyers, and now this other one against this guy, Igor Danchenko, who was the main source for the infamous Steele dossier. Uh, They're very descriptive in terms of the narrative, even though the charges are, you know, pretty pedestrian. They're, you know, lying to FBI agents. But he lays out a theory where it looks to me like where he's going is that the Trump Russia collusion storyline was essentially a concoction of the Clinton campaign which not only formulated it through the Steele dossier among other things uh, but peddled it out to the media and to an all-too-credulous FBI which enabled them to argue that, to the electorate, that Trump was a Putin puppet and that he was under investigation by the FBI for being a Putin puppet. So I think that's what happened here. And the issue has always been, is the government in on it or is are they uh, dupes? And Durham seems to be going with the theory in these cases that the FBI was
0: duped. I don't believe that for...
1: Well, yeah, I, I've always thought they were pushing on an open door. And let's not forget, we have a, when I say pushing on an open door, I'm saying the people who brought this anti-Trump information to the FBI, these guys were predisposed against Trump. And they figured that if they investigated long enough, the evidence would bear out their mm-hmm. predisposition. I think that's what happened. But that's a different thing from saying that they, that they committed a fraud on the court. Um, and I think. Uh, what know, about what, the
0: Pfizer stuff?
1: Yeah, well, look, I think um, what they did here was utterly irresponsible because they didn't corroborate the information they brought to the FISA court. I would point out that what they bring to the FISA court is called technically a verified application, which they make under oath. And the reason for that is because they're supposed to corroborate the information before they go to court here. They didn't interview Danchenko, who was the main source, until January of 2017, when they first went to court in October of 2016. Mm. And by the time they interviewed the source, they're looking for their second 90-day warrant. So it's outrageous.
0: It looks as though uh, they they knew, though, by 2017 uh it it the the it looks as though now that in twenty seventeen the Washington post knew uh and it was kind of an open secret in uh in the media, but they all continued to do it. What does yeah. that tell you
1: well it, it it from Durham's perspective, I think what it indicates is that the the reason that Barr made him a special counsel. And remember, when he started this investigation, he was the U.S. attorney in Connecticut. So he's just like a regular federal prosecutor. Barr put him in the same designation class as Mueller. And I think he did that because he recognized that there was a lot of abuse of power here and a lot of potential corruption here, but that it might be hard to charge a lot of it as criminal activity oh. but a special counsel is allowed to write a narrative report okay. at the end unlike normal prosecutors who just drop cases that they can't where they can't bring criminal charges so i think we're going to get a report and it'll be comprehensive and what durham's going to end up saying is that the clinton the clinton uh campaign is the main culprit here but that the fbi was utterly irresponsible in how they handled the allegations
0: so is anyone from the Clinton campaign, I mean, is Clinton going to pay at all? Is there going to be any real ramifications on this?
1: Well, I, I think only in the sense that, you know, there'll be a historical document that lays this at her feet. And, you know, what I what I always say when I get asked a question like that is, um, we're not in the first year of the second term of President Hillary Clinton. I mean, it's not right. like, She hasn't, uh, you know, it's not like nothing happened here. She didn't get elected. uh, So there's some justice in that. But, you know, look, I think if people want to see, uh, you know, a bells and whistles indictment and people get drawn and quartered at the end, they should disenthrall themselves because that's not going to happen.
0: So people have asked me, why isn't this a coup? Why isn't this an attempted coup? They knew what was going on. And they all they were trying to do is to get the president either impeached, thrown out, stopped, whatever. Why isn't that a coup?
1: Well, I mean, for for Soros, Trump did win the election. You know, the, the objective was to stop him from winning the election, and he
0: did win. Yeah, but then when uh, they knew, they continued with the impeachment and everything else.
1: Yeah, no, and look, I think it's fair to say that the law enforcement and intelligence apparatus of the government was used as a weapon by the incumbent obama administration and the holdovers from the obama administration who continued into the trump administration to try to take trump out Uh, i guess it's not a coup because they didn't succeed but that doesn't mean they didn't try Mm.
0: so no punishment for an attempted coup (laughs) Well,
1: Uh, it depends on whether it's gone it depends on whether they can find that he that they committed criminal violations and gross incompetence And political dirty tricks are reprehensible, but they're not necessarily violations of the criminal law. That's why, for example, with impeachment, we don't require a crime for impeachment, right? Because a lot of times, very serious misbehavior is not misbehavior that's addressed by the penal code.
0: So even the fact, I have one minute and I got a break, and I want to hold you over because I have one more case that I think is um, uh, the undoing of a lot of stuff. Um, The, uh, um, shoot, now I lost my my train of thought, uh, even the fact that the president, now this goes to the impeachment trial that president Obama met with Joe Biden and they colluded against general Flynn, uh, against the FBI, even that that's not illegal.
1: Well, I I think it could arguably have been illegal, but Barr said during the Trump administration that, that Obama and Biden were not subject to the investigation. So, You know, they decided that, I guess, a higher standard should apply if the law enforcement is going to have impact on the politics.
0: Okay. All right. Back in just a second. I want to take you next to the media and the Justice Department. This is the Glenn Beck program. All right. Rectech. If you've heard me talk about this uh, for a while uh, and maybe you've looked at them, uh, they are, you know, they are not the cheapest, but they are not by far the most expensive either. They save you money because they are they've cut out the middleman and they've put all of that extra money into the product. That's what makes them so great. They're built like a tank. They really are. If you've heard me talk about them and you thought I really want one or, you know, you want to get one for Christmas for your husband or whatever, um, then now is the time to do it. They're already running their Black Friday sale, which means you can save four hundred and fifteen dollars if you order today and it will arrive at your house, Uh, you know, assuming you're not in the Philippines or wherever it'll arrive at your house uh for christmas right now free shipping with all pellet grills rectech.com r-e-c-t-e-q.com they have them to fit any size or any budget it's rectech with a q -Q r-e-c-t-e-q.com head
1: over to blaze tv.com slash glenn promo code is glenn you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv more with andy mccarthy next
0: All right. So we have a couple of cases that show the FBI, I think, completely out of control and uh, and losing a lot of credibility. The last one I haven't figured out yet. The last one is Project Veritas and uh, the Ashley Biden diary story. Let me just give you a a quick summary of this. The FBI carried out a court ordered search of uh, O'Keefe's apartment in New York early this last Saturday morning having searched uh, two other homes of associates of O'Keefe as part of the investigation. Uh, They took notebooks belonging to Project Veritas reporters, according to O'Keefe. According to The New York Times, the DOJ investigation was started by then Attorney General William Barr in October 2020 after a representative of the Biden family reported federal authorities that several of Ashley Biden's personal items had been stolen in a burglary. O'Keefe says tipsters with whom Project Veritas supposedly had no previous relationship reached out to them last October, saying they had obtained Ashley Biden's diary. These tipsters said they found it in a room where Ashley Biden had stayed. None of the reports from media or O'Keefe specify what kind of room it was, yada, yada, yada. O'Keefe says the tipsters indicated they were negotiating with a different media outlet for the payment of monies for the diary. They were represented by attorneys who handled the negotiations with Project Veritas. He doesn't say if they ultimately purchased the diary from these people, but it seems implied. O'Keefe insists Project Veritas decided not to publish the story of the diary because they couldn't authenticate it he then said they tried to return it to the lawyer of ashley biden but the lawyer would not authenticate it so project veritas voluntarily gave the diary to law enforcement he doesn't say which law enforcement a website national file ended up publishing dozens of the pages of the diary before the 2020 election the uh, site does have roundabout connections to o'keefe uh, which is likely why the FBI raided the homes of several Project Veritas employees. However, it's not clear on how publishing the pages is any kind of crime to justify FBI raids. There's more to this story, but I think uh, that's enough to get you up to speed on where it is. So, Andy, what is happening here?
1: This is a really peculiar case, if you, as you've laid it out. I I don't for the in the first instance, burglary is generally not a federal. Correct. You know, um, you know, bank robberies, a crime because they're federally uh, backed financial institutions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you steal narcotics, those are deemed to be an interstate commerce. So that's federal. But barring or like stealing federal property is a federal crime. But an ordinary burglary, which is what this sounds like it was, is not a federal crime. Now, I've been sort of pulling what little hair I have left out to try to figure out, you know, what on earth they're investigating here. And my my best speculation is that blackmail can be a federal crime. And it's conceivable that, you know, in the course of the investigation, uh, the Southern District of New York, which is what I think has my old office that has the the ticket on this and got the uh, warrant from the court, uh, you know, perhaps there was uh, investigative developments that indicated that maybe this information was going to be used to blackmail Biden somehow. But it's that's sheer speculation. I I don't know why they were investigating this as a federal crime. And if if O'Keefe is telling the truth, I have no reason to doubt that he is. That they turned over this information voluntarily to law enforcement. I don't know why on earth if you're getting cooperation from people and you have a legitimate reason to be investigating, there's you know, you don't go to a court and get a warrant, which is a very intrusive way of getting information from somebody who is handing you the information.
0: It's a very bizarre letter. Let, let me read this. According to O'Keefe, the cover letter for the grand jury subpoena Um, that was given to Project Veritas, said this. The government hereby requests that you voluntarily refrain from disclosing the existence of this subpoena to any third party. While you're under no obligation to comply with our request, we are requesting you not make any disclosure in order to preserve the confidentiality of the investigation and because disclosure of the existence of this investigation might interfere and impede uh, the investigation. Does that... uh, Is that accompanied with most uh you know grand jury subpoenas sometimes yes
1: sometimes no there's a legitimate and a not legitimate edge to this the legitimate part is if you can get people voluntarily not to talk about what they talk about with you as an investigator it helps the investigation because when things start to get reported in the media if you try to interview witnesses you never really know whether they whether they're telling you what they know because they know it, or they're telling you what they know because they read it in the newspaper. So, so it, now,
0: is it? But helpful. wait, but it, would that be said to somebody who was the target of the investigation?
1: No, ordinarily right. no. Um, the legitimate, the illegitimate reason for doing it is to sort of give someone a brushback pitch in the nature of, if you run off at the mouth about what we talked about here, we may indict you for obstruction of justice, which is completely improper for the government to do and the way you read that it it doesn't sound to me like that is what they were doing but we don't know what the prosecutors and the investigators said to the people including o'keefe who they were speaking to
0: so within an hour of one of the homes being raided by the fbi the new york times contacted project veritas for a comment and uh james has said we have no idea how they were aware of this Uh, And the grand jury investigation is supposedly secret, but they knew all of it. Um, Now, O'Keefe is in a lawsuit with the New York Times in a separate uh, defamation case. Is this just regular journalism getting a tip from somebody inside?
1: Well, it could be one of two things, right? It could either be the Times has sources in the investigation and was able to report on that basis, or it could be that somebody who is not in the investigation became aware that they were doing a search warrant you know a search warrant is a noisy procedure especially if you're doing it in someone's uh apartment or someone's neighborhood so it's possible that the times was tipped off by people who saw this happening but i think it's much more likely that they have sources inside the investigation
0: so blackmail seems to be more logical than anything i've heard because other people are saying you know that maybe they're going after him for interference in the federal election but i mean i don't believe they would have even the balls to do that after their history but uh uh that that that's really hard i mean a journalist can't be prosecuted for publishing even stolen material right if they weren't part of the theft
1: probably even classified material right um you know there's a there's a big difference between government officials who take an oath to get a security clearance that they're not going to disseminate the information to people who don't have a right or, or don't have permission to have it versus the media, which is pretty much allowed to report whatever they hear. And the 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 guard on the media, the check against the media is supposed to be things like libel and defamation law, uh, even though that's a tough road to hoe in the United States compared to other countries yeah. but they're allowed to they're allowed to report on what they get even if a government official would not be allowed to disseminate it
0: and the the shield law in New York I'm just reading it an absolute privilege from forced disclosure of materials obtained or received in confidence by a professional journalist newscaster including the identity of a source that seems pretty airtight that they don't have a right to to look into any of this stuff, right?
1: Uh, (laughs) The federal government does not deem itself to be bound by state law. So there's no federal shield law. Um, And even if, like, the state of New York decides to enact a shield law, that would not have a restriction on the FBI, which is bound by federal law, not state law.
0: So there is no shield? The government, the federal government can come in and just take stuff from a reporter or journalist?
1: Correct. Now, whether they, you know, whether they have, remember, Judy Miller, remember a few years ago in that uh, Bush era investigation ended up, you know, doing about 75 days in prison because they were trying to get information from her about one of
0: her. Sources. How does that? So, wait, wait, wait. How does this work with freedom of the press?
1: Uh, there is no federal First Amendment protection from the for the media that they are exempted from the obligations that normal citizens have to provide information to investigators. The Justice Department wow. has internal regulations that frown on trying to get information from the press. And it's supposed to be a last-ditch thing when you have no other alternative in an important case. But it's not constitutional. It's uh, it's basically internal Justice Department procedures.
0: Former... Um, um Prosecutor, federal prosecutor, Andy McCarthy. If you haven't heard his podcast, The McCarthy Report, you should listen to it. Whenever there's a case and you don't understand it or you want it broken down, he's very, very fair and very, very clear. It's called The McCarthy Report uh, in podcast. Thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate it. Thanks, Len. You bet. God bless. Inflation has climbed to its highest level in three decades. Everything costs more, including the cost of borrowing money, at least when it comes to things like credit card and personal loans. Mortgages happen to still have incredibly low rates tied to them, which means if you're looking for a new home, now is the time. American financing is, it can help you look at Uh, Not only new mortgages help you design the right one, but they have experience looking at the mortgage that you might already have. Let them look through the things that you have that involve interest rates and see if they can help you save an awful lot of money. American financing has been helping people like you save for two decades, and they'll help you save as much as hundreds, if not a thousand dollars a month. How do they do it? Lowering that interest rate. uh, doing a consolidation loan and getting all of those credit cards off your back. Financial independence is there if you take a few simple steps. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I've been showing you uh, today, uh, and if you missed any of the show, make sure you grab the podcast. Today, I think, is a, a really exciting day, especially in hour one. We told you about a couple of developments that uh, spell doom for our university system. I mean, it is actually happening now. Uh, there is something, there is hope and light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, a new university was announced yesterday by a Done it, like an all-star lineup of uh, professors and, and scholars. Uh, they're opening up a new university here in Texas, and it is, I mean, I'd send my kids to it in a heartbeat. Um, really exciting news. There's, there's also some, some other problems that are starting to rear their ugly heads. More countries now are taking Americans hostage, and we have now lost our ability to stop it Uh, Because of the way Biden has um, acted in Afghanistan, they are no longer afraid of taking Americans uh, hostage. Uh, Let's see. There is uh, also Biden yesterday said that even though there's a stay from the courts on this federal mandate, he said companies should just do it anyway. And this is, I think, why it took them so long to write this OSHA rule, um, because they're trying to public private partnership. Remember, they're trying to get the the uh, corporations to do it themselves because it's it's not going to stand constitutional scrutiny. It won't. And so they're trying to get everybody to vaccinate and get the companies to do it. Um, and I've never seen anything like it. I mean, a blatant disregard for the court system, for the rule of law. I'm really tired of being called anti-government, anti-establishment, uh, you know, anti, uh, anti-constitution, anti-law, anti-courts. Please look at what this administration is doing. They, the left loves institutions until the second they do something they don't want. Right. And then immediately they ignore them correct the the It's settled law it is absolute yeah. settled law unless it disagrees with them. Mm-hmm. and then once it's, it's it's they disagree with it, then no, this law is is not right, it's racist or whatever, and needs to be overturned. It, I mean, at least conservatives are consistent. No, it's really never settled. I don't think the gun thing will ever, ever be settled. I don't think abortion will ever be settled. Uh, It's going to be a constant schlog. Maybe eventually we get to the place to where, you know, America was on on slavery, on other issues. Finally, the people just rise up and say enough. Enough is Enough. Uh, DeSantis is saying or they 're going to end contracts. The state of Florida will end all contracts with companies aiding Biden in uh, the flooding of illegal immigrants into florida that 's really big uh, news i, I don 't know if you heard this, but about seventy flights landed in Jacksonville, uh, and they were filled with people who came across our southern border. seventy flights, and they came in in the middle of the night. And uh, they just the federal government just dump them without even letting the state government know. Now, how irresponsible is that you say you care about people? You're dumping them in the middle of the Florida. You're not telling the state. You're not telling any agencies. You know, there's nothing. So what do they do? They just go wander around the streets until they find what a job, uh, an apartment. Uh, what? What? How irresponsible again everything they accuse you of me of it's like they're looking in a mirror because they're accusing themselves they say we don't care about people on the border how can you do that in the middle of the night you say you don't that we don't care about you know the infrastructure of our states and our state government and our state laws and then you do this in the middle of the night? You say you're protecting the border and yet you do this in the middle of the night?
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.